Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Ken Capel. We talked about the subject of hockey card shows, and and, and very specifically, he, he had an idea. We batted around. I got his permission to uh, turn on the recorder, so here it is, and I hope it's something that can follow through on and uh, that it would be a great uh, success. I'd love to go to a show like what we are talking about. Again, thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and... Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I love hockey cards. <laughs> and uh, thanks again, Ken, for your question. Hopefully this will uh, come to pass. You've got an idea about doing card shows. And I've done card shows. Now they're 50 years ago, 49 years ago. But the principles are the same. You've got to rent a place. You've got to sign up to the dealers and promote to the collectors and get people to come. Not necessarily far and wide, but it depends on what your dealer base is. I'm not a big one for me too shows. Hey, I'll just do it and it'll just be successful. So what's some secret sauce that you might bring to it? I've got an idea for you, but Columbus could use a really good show. Yeah, we could. I'm near Columbus, Ohio. And this is actually something that I have been thinking about for 15 to 20 years, but I just reached a milestone birthday yesterday. So it's got me thinking and I've got so many years left at work. And what's that next career going to be or thing I want to occupy my time with? And I was thinking I've been wanting to do it for years, but trying to establish myself in, in the workforce, children, everything always got in the way where now I'm seriously thinking about it. And looking at the Columbus market, we have basically one show per quarter, maybe two. And that's good, but it's not like Dallas or anything like that. Dallas, that's how Kyle Robertson started. He was doing bi-monthly shows and then he started doing an occasional bigger one. So Yeah. So that's where I want to go. I want to do something that's successful. But at the same point, I know the starting product is not going to be the finished product. It's going to be something that's going to take some time. Columbus, it's nice in terms of location in the country where you're not on the East Coast, but you're not really out in the the desert either or the West Coast. It's got a great airport right there. So if it gets big enough, like Kyle's show, they are able to come in and out. And on top of that, we've got sports teams in the state. And in Cleveland, for years, had very successful nationals. I think the opportunity is ripe here now. It's just what will set it apart. Here's my idea for you, because I'm trying to think, you know, you're my buddy. What kind of show could Ken have that I'd like to go to? <laughs> and if it's just a regular show, for example, there is a show that's not a regular show in Strongsville. I think they had a little hiatus, but I think they're back now. But in Strongsville, Ohio, up the interstate from you, that has a very strong identity as a vintage show. Mm-hmm. In fact, the original promoters were pretty heavy handed about vendor selection. So people came around. It wasn't as strong as Philadelphia at some of those vintage shows there, but it was very strong. I want you to consider doing a hockey show to be the American hockey show where dealers are invited by you to come in and they have to have 50% or some percentage of their table needs to be hockey. I think it's not that people are mad at Canada, but there's a border between America and Canada that's a bigger border than the border between the U.S. and Mexico based on COVID and immigration. So Canada is doing things Canada's way. And Jeremy Lee couldn't come to America very easily. It's tougher to cross the border. And so I'm just wondering, not considering the national, what is the best hockey card show in America right now? I don't know what that would be. There's a fair amount of hockey that I remember when I used to go to Chicago, the huge Mm -hmm. shows in Chicago. Because they got the Blackhawks and probably up in Boston and some of those. But if you had a hockey show in Columbus that became the American hockey show, 
that was a couple times a year, beginning of season, end of the season, or something that, that would tie in. I bet you could get some interest from the NHL. You've got a franchise right there. Um, but if you're a hockey card collector, what do you do? You you go to shows and you get frustrated because it's 10% mm-hmm. hockey. It's like yeah. our NASCAR buddies that if they get out of the Southeast, they ask you getting NASCAR cards and they look at them like they're nuts. And there are a lot of dealers. If you said, look, if you're coming to my show, when I look at your table, you've got to have 50% or more dedicated to hockey. You can have other stuff, but this is a hockey show. And maybe you're not as draconian. Maybe it's not 50%. But I think the identity of being the strongest hockey card show in America, not North America, because I think that's taken. But in the U.S., when cross-border travel is not as no-brainer as it used to be, and customs and all that stuff, um, and then you'd get on the calendar. It's almost like Lud Denny, who had his pro set hockey tour. You don't need to have a tour. Columbus, it's an NHL city. And if you had the best hockey show in the, in the United States, I think I wouldn't be the only guy that would be thinking about coming. That is an idea that has me really writing, taking a lot of notes. Well, you have to have an identity, Ken. Otherwise, it's yeah. another show. And like I said, the Strongsville show. They weren't quite so heavy-handed, but they really didn't want a bunch of junk wax there. Vintage collectors would come, and they knew there'd be critical mass of stuff. And You could have the best hockey show outside of Toronto and the National. Yeah. And it could be 50 tables, Ken. It wouldn't have to be 300 tables. If it was 50 tables that all yeah. had a lot of hockey stuff, you'd have people flying in. I go to the show up in Toronto because, to your point, and 10%, is I think a lot more than it actually is. I think it's closer to 5% at most, at most shows that are actually hockey, but up there it's 95% and it's packed. And it's funny because down here, when I go to the shows here, there's three, four tables out of 50 to hundred that have hockey. Those tables are packed right. all show long. And if I had a dime for every time I asked if he had any hockey cards and their response was, I didn't bring them with me. I, I have a whole bunch at home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's worth it to bring. And it's just, okay, yeah. And I'll bring them next time. And then I see them next time. And they're like, oh, you're the hockey guy. I'm sorry. You're about the 10th person that's asked me about that today. The other so, aspect of now in the post-COVID world and the world we live in of cards now is that cards are newsworthy and they're six figures and the IRS is interested and customs and things like that. I haven't told all the stories about some of my going to Canada to the Toronto show and the expo and then coming back a few boxes of cards, of type cards that I picked up for the almanacs and things like that. And then trying to explain to the customs agent that I spent $3,000 on this box of cards, not individually, I was picking up, but there it's a $50 card here and a $10 card here and you add it all up. And I had the records and all that, but it's a headache. And then they want payment sometimes for that. Sometimes they'll look the other way. But if you're a serious collector and you're buying big cards and you hide them and you don't declare, but then you brag about it on social media and you didn't pay duty or whatever, you could get in a lot of trouble. And so having a show in Columbus avoids all that other than the Mm -hmm. Canadian dealer that comes across bringing. But if the Canadian dealer comes across, he or she declares his inventory and it's his inventory. So he didn't have to pay duty back. But the onus would be on them instead of, like I said, I was nervous. One quick story. I was bringing back, you know, and I always spent a few thousand bucks because it needed to be worth my time to go. And it was great because I got hockey stuff that I'd never seen before. Okay. So I'm coming back and this is in the peak of the hobby. It had to be before 96. So I'm coming through and I've got my 3000 bucks worth of cards and I'm declaring it. I've got it all written down. And they say, um, are you serious? <laughs> and I say, yes, I say, I'm a publisher. So you need to come with me. So he he takes me into this room with no windows. 
He says, my, my boss is going to want to talk to you. And uh, so I'm in there for about 15 minutes, sweating it out. The bo- boss walks in with a baseball, flips me the baseball and said, I've always wanted you to sign baseball for me. I said, look, I'm not a player. He said, I know who you are. Just sign the baseball and get on your way. And I said, yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Would you like that personalized or not? <laughs> you know, I've gotten, I get requests for autographs, not that much, but the ones I joke about are when I get a letter from somebody that says, you're my favorite player. <laughs> Please sign my sign an index card for me. And I watched you play back in the day. And I'm thinking, well, unless it was a softball game, I don't think you saw me. No. Um, I- Yeah, I've been to Toronto probably a dozen times now. And that trip back when you're going through customs, I can tell you I haven't, there have been 15 minutes where I've maybe taken two breaths the entire time. But you you just get nervous. You avoid all that with a Columbus hockey show. Mm -hmm. Uh, It becomes not just another show. Now, the challenge is you've got to make sure you've got critical mass of both of collectors to come and purchase as well as the dealers that are going to bring their stuff. Mm-hmm. But you might find some willing participation in autograph signers because of the newness of it mm-hmm. and support from the Blue Jackets. Hockey does a lot of things right. Yeah, we talk about Columbus, but within earshot is the Detroit, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, right. and Toronto. There is, it's not just the one city and then Nashville as well. When I was in Boulder, yeah. I mean, I've, I've said that was foundational to my uh, understanding of the industry that there were all these major cities that each had great collectors and the midway show circuit each show had their own character when you went to cincinnati you saw some of the cincinnati regionals of the cons wieners and things like that there were a lot of them there and you go to chicago you saw other things so columbus you could put them on the map and you you probably have enough contacts it would be a reason to go to columbus and you could connect it to a weekend that involved a a game or something it like the columbus hockey experience with the fan fests although if you start doing that then the league is going to want to take over (laughs) right yeah them Uh, on the other hand if you get it down the road pretty far you can say i'd i really would like to invite your participation we're gonna have a nice crowd and we're trying to promote the hobby. It fits Columbus, Ken. That's the thing. Somebody else could do it in Salt Lake City. That's not a hockey town. Columbus, that's the primary franchise. Again, not saying Ohio State. So that ought to be a source of civic pride. Yeah. We've also got the the, the, the soccer crew here as well, yeah. which is another yeah. underutilized. But yeah, I know what you're saying. No, but if you really wanted to be a promoter, then you do two hockey shows a year that are fall and spring before and the end of the season. And you do winter and summer of soccer. And same yeah. principle. You've got Make soccer and you can't come unless you've got a soccer presence at your table because you don't want people to come and say, oh, there wasn't much here. People are ticked off. They go to these shows and they're looking for soccer. And you know, if it's two tables out of 50, like you say, then those two people, there's no price competition. So they're not even good deals sometimes. There's not good selection. So yeah. I'd like to yeah. see shows that were more specialized like that. So 50% of their stuff could be baseball and other stuff. So not hockey only, but hockey mainly. That'd be yeah. cool. No. And I, 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 love I love it. Yeah. That's great. I, I was just trying to think of a, a good, good catch and good that's hook. a good hook. That's a great hook. Instead of talking to random dealers, you'd be intentionally talking to dealers who you have an affinity with anyway, based mm-hmm. on hockey. Yeah. You know, another sports card insight in the seventies, when you went to a card show, you weren't buying from dealers. Many of the tables were held by fellow collectors, and they weren't having a retail markup. They didn't have overhead. They, they'd be just as happy to trade. 
Of course, table fees weren't as expensive. There weren't all these middlemen and, and all these layers of pricing stacked up to where you could just trade or buy very simply. And you have some people that would maybe get a table at your show that have never gotten a table anywhere else because they mainly have hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they have it and they don't know what to do with it. They and know. they've never brought it anywhere and they've got tons of it because it's always there. Yeah. I call that like at the national, the back rows. When you go to the national, sometimes you go to those last th- three or four rows. That's where a lot of the collectors set up. They're not in the prime spot and where you sometimes get the best deals. Also, there's the camaraderie aspect. It's all about the people and the cards. You can have the cards there, but the people... They're going to be more like-minded even than a regular show. Trade night. It's a hockey trade night. Some things like that. Or there's a hospitality aspect or a pizza party. But everybody there, the buzz is about hockey. It's just hockey-centric. I'd want to go to a show like that. Now, to be fair, if there was a football show like that or a basketball show like that, but hockey and soccer, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to do something like that, Ken. Yeah, well, I think there's an advantage to doing it in Columbus. The challenge is it's not a huge population center, but it's also pretty accessible to much of the country. Yeah, I agree. Light a lot. So that's where this whole idea came from. Columbus, Ohio is accessible from everywhere, driving and flying. But I think Canada is has been a little trickier in the last two years to getting over there and back. And it wasn't always simple anyway. So yeah, last November, it was tricky to get over. There was a lot that had to go into it before I, I crossed the border. And realistically, the day of, we weren't sure if we were going to get across right up until that point. I paid some duty and it's better to pay for anybody out there that's thinking they're going to pull a fast one on the government. I'm not going to jail. I'm not going to commit any felonies, but I'm going to try to interpret the tax law to my advantage. But I'm not going to lie. You have to yeah. swear that this is what you bought. Yeah. The other thing, it's a great side gig. And I think now it's Kyle's main gig, but mm-hmm. you can start it, you can bootstrap it, incubate it. Yeah, the best hockey show south of the border. Yeah. I think it's there for the taking. And, okay. and what if it broke even? Well, you're going to keep your day job and you're mm-hmm. going to have a lot of fun for that weekend. It's going to be a lot of work, but you're going to mm-hmm. be around kindred spirits talking hockey and seeing stuff you wouldn't otherwise see. Yeah. They're coming to your backyard. That's what I love to do. Just sit and chat you know, with people. That added, it's, you know, it's, that's what Kyle did. Kyle did what was fun for him. And then it just grew. And he's now benefiting from the hard work that he put in of doing all those small shows and proving that he could promote and put on and organize a, a show. I went to some of his small ones. There were 30, 40 days. Now he's got 600. Mm-hmm. So. 